morning, everybody. Good morning, Porch Community. How are you? I mean, we've got to have a little bit more excitement than that. All right, good. All right, good. It, little yeet. Yeah, I'll take that. Well, good morning. Glad you're with us. Um, whether you're in person or you're watching online, really glad you've decided to be with us this morning. Um, what a day. Like, already, with baptism and worship, we could just kind of go home and be filled you know, to the limit and go, God, you're good, right? But I believe um, we've, uh, God's got a word for us this morning. I'm really excited, and I hope you're excited. Um, I'm Justin. I'm the student pastor and worship pastor here at the church, and uh, I'm excited for what God has for us this morning. And, and it's been a full day already, um, just the, the privilege of, of witnessing baptism in two different forms, and I get to participate in the, own, the baptism of my daughter and what a privilege that is, and we just love you, church. Um, I just want to say this. Can we thank our band and our tech crew real quick? I say that because I, get the, I had the, the unusual privilege of not being on stage and having a guitar on and being in front of a mic, which is amazing. It was amazing to, to be led in worship by our amazing band. And, and church, I hope you know how blessed we are with the not only great musicians, uh, but they're better people who love Jesus, and their hearts are for worship, and their heart is to lead you in worship with authenticity and realness and, and, and energy and passion. I love that. I love that. We are blessed here, and I, 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 it just hit me as I'm standing there watching, you know, I, I normally would be up here with them. But to be led in worship by them was a great, great privilege today for me. So we're in a series called The 167, all right? So I hope you're excited. All right, turn to somebody next to you and say, are you excited? Yeah, you're like, are you? Oh, are you? Some more than others, I can tell. There's like a murmur going on. And so what is this deal with the 167? Well, if you haven't been with us, let me explain it. There are, there are, not approximately, there are 168 hours in a week. And we spend roughly one hour of that in worship on Sunday, right? It, you may spend more time than if you're in a small group Bible study or something like that. But roughly, for, for the average believer, in, especially in our country, you spend one hour roughly a week together in the community of believers in, in, in corporate worship together, all right? So the question is, what are we doing with the other 167? To honor God, to worship God, to live the fullest life in Christ that we can live and honor and worship God with the other 167 hours in the week. And what we've been doing in this series has been talking about how to honor God in every setting. Because what happens is in our culture in churches, especially down here in the South, everybody goes to church. Does not mean everybody's a Christ follower. In fact, the statistics show that over half of the people that show up on a Sunday morning on a regular basis are not followers of Jesus. That is a startling, startling statistic. Startling. What are we doing to honor God with the other 167 hours a week? Because what we do is we, we like to dress up and we, we come and we, you know, we participate. But then we leave what happens here, here. 
we leave what happens here, here, and it doesn't overflow in, with the, into the rest of our lives, which is a problem. It is a problem. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for you. And how do we honor God and, and, and worship God with the other hours of our week? So there's this verse we've been going through, and we've been memorizing together as a church, and I want us to say it together. It comes from Romans chapter 12, and this is the message version, and the reason we picked this is because it just kind of lays out some of the things that we might miss and it just kind of brings it down to kind of a, a level where we can kind of chew on it for a little bit, right? All right? So here's what it says in Romans 12.1. Um, I want you to say it with me, all right? Let's say it together. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. In this series, we've taken a look at how we can honor and worship God at home, in our home life, at work, at rest. Last, last week hit me hard. I'm not good at resting, right? I'm not talking about just taking a nap. I'm talking about spiritual, emotional rest, which is so crucial for you and I. When God finished doing what he did uh, in, in, with the creation narrative, what did he do? He rested if rest is good enough and crucial enough for Almighty God who does not need rest, then how crucial it is, is it for us? But today, we want to wrap this series up by talking about the specific work that God has called you to in your life. The specific purpose, the calling, if you will, placed on your life. And everyone in here, if you're a Christ follower, hear me, you have a calling placed on your life. You are not anonymous. You are not anonymous when it comes to the body of Christ. God's put a calling in your life. Now, this seems like a pretty broad subject, and, and, and we're, we're going to speak in general terms, and then we're going to get very specific here. Because when, it talks about, when we talk about a calling, you know, it might be something job-related, right? It might be something God's calling you to career-wise. It might be something God's called you to a specific school and a major, that God's called you to. But then it could be out, something outside your occupation altogether. It could be something that God's gifted you in, right? A talent or a gift. And it's up to you to, to understand those talents and gifts so that you can lay them on an, on an altar as an offering before God, as Romans 12.1 would say. So whatever it is, it, you know, even it might be full-time vocational ministry like me all right that wasn't always the case I you know I ran from that for a little bit it just scared me to death and I'll talk about that in a minute but by the way like you can whether you work in a church or not you're all called to full-time ministry all of us are called to the gospel ministry to see people come into faith in Christ right that's all of us every person in the room if you think you're anonymous or if you, you're not sure how God's gifted you, if you're not sure that you even have a place in the kingdom, you do. And we're going to see that in a second, all right? So we want to talk about the call that God has placed in our lives right now in, in, in the context we live in right this second because we know that circumstances will change. We know that the years will go by and then maybe that calling will shift and move a little bit. God will call you to a certain place for a certain time. Right? I know a lot of our students that aren't from here, God's called you to Valdosta for a certain place in time, and I'm thankful he has because you've blessed and enriched our lives. But God will call you to another place. 
And God will, God will move the specifics with your life, with the rhythms of your life and what happens there. But I want to start today by asking a question that all of us will ask, all of us. And it's this, God, what do you want for my life? What's your will for my life? God, how do I know, God, your specific call on my life? How do I know that? Some will phrase it like this, God, what's my purpose? I need to know. God, what do you want me to do? Now, I know it's very general when we talk about things like that, but hopefully, and, and I, I don't know what your call is this morning, and I can't speak that into your life unless I know you real well. You know, and we get the privilege of, of, of doing life with, with a lot of young people, um, middle school, high school, college, young adult, and, and some, occasionally we'll get to speak something into their life that God will somehow use. But I don't, and I don't know that what it is for you, but only the Holy Spirit of God can reveal that to you this morning, okay? How do we know what God's specific purpose is for our life? How do we know? What is the, God, what is the call that God is calling us to today? Right? We don't need to go any further than today. Today. Because we know in general terms there's one, there's an there's a overarching purpose in all of our lives. And what's that? The greatest commandment. What is that? To love God and love others. Like, can we, let's start there. We're all called to that. Right? We don't need to debate. We don't need to ask God what that is. Every single one of us are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and then to love everyone else that way too, which we, you know, I don't do a great job at that, you know, especially the loving others part. I'm, I'm not great at that, but that's a call on my life, and that, that can't be debated. That's, that's all of us. Can we, can we, can we, we can start there. There's no debating that, right? There's a call and a purpose on your life to love God with everything you've got and to love others that way too. But I think if we read down further in Romans chapter 12, I think we find the key to this whole thing of living and honoring God in the 167 hours of the week minus the church hour, right? So let's read it together. But before we do, I want to give you a statement, and I want you to hold on to it. If you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. And it's, a, it's just a fancy way of, of, of bringing this to our attention this morning and, and explaining things. But here's the statement. Proximity determines purpose. Proximity determines purpose. Meaning, whatever you're closest to, whoever you're closest to, whatever your focus of your, the most of your time and energy and money is on, will determine the purpose and calling that you follow and fulfill in your life. Proximity determines purpose, right? That's just a real churchy, fancy way of saying whatever you're closest to, whoever you're closest to, whatever you're spending the most time on, that's what purpose you're going to fulfill for better or for worse. So let's read in Romans 12. I love this. Romans 12, we're going to read in the, in the New Living Translation um, and just give you a different angle on this. I love how this reads. So in this series, we've been focused on the first two verses of Romans 12, but we want to go down a little further, but we're going to start in verse 1 again. I want you to follow me. And follow along with me. Read. If you have a Bible, um, uh, we'll read together. It starts like this in verse 12 in Romans. It says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you and give your to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by faith, the faith God has given us. Verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part is a specific function, so it is with Christ's body. We're, we are many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. I just want to stop right there. Did you see earlier in verse 2? It says the, key, the whole key to this thing, to knowing the will of God and the purpose of God for your life, is proximity. It's proximity. It's closeness to God or lack thereof, which will determine everything for us in our lives. It says, let God transform you, change you, by changing the way you think about life and about things and the things we see around us. This is the way to know the will of God. It's pretty obvious. But how do we go about doing that? I want you to hold this thought for a second. Proximity determines purpose. And then in verse 6, this is what it says. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your is, gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And here's, here's, a, here's getting back to the, the general foundational purpose and calling on our lives. Verse 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And then verse 13 says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. We see several things in this, in these, in this passage, all right? And I want to point them out to you. The first thing, and the, the most important thing, is the first thing we see about us and the thing that we ought to be doing, and I, and I believe on a daily basis, is this. We are to be a living sacrifice placed on an altar before God every single day. Surrender. Surrender ought to be a part of the DNA of the church. Surrender is the part, is the, is the DNA of the church. Surrender is your, in your DNA as a Christ follower. It is in my DNA. Surrender. But it's not easy to do. We, we, we go against it. We buck up against that all the time. We don't want to surrender. We don't want to put our lives on the altar. We don't want to lose control of things in our lives. We don't want to relinquish control to God. We don't want to do that, but we should and we must if we're ever going to know the will of God for our lives. So we're to be a living sacrifice. See, the sacrificial nature of, the, of, of, the life, of life in Christ, the journey as a Christ follower, has to be pointed out. We're to live in a sacrificial way, meaning what we want has to be set aside in favor of what God desires. Matter of fact, our whole lives are supposed to be laid out on an altar daily, and, is un and all the unnecessary things in our lives are kind of burned away in that process. So we see 
that we are to be a living sacrifice. That's like the way, it, you know, Scripture says that is the way to worship. That's our mode of worship is to be a sacrifice, emptying ourselves out. And then we see in verses 4 through 8, we see these specific things. We see the general, we see the foundation thing, and then it builds from there. And then we see, start to see specific gifts. And you might find yourself in these gifts as, as, you're, as we're reading them. Hopefully, you found something in there that fits you. Now, this is not an all, this is not a, a, a this doesn't fit every, every scenario. Specifically, definitely not. I mean, there, there are some things that it doesn't mention. And we're not going to get into spiritual gifts. But let me just say this about spiritual gifts and gifts given to you by God. We all have them. We all should be seeking them out and seeking what, and, and, and figuring out what they are and how we can use them. If you haven't taken the time to explore the gifts that God has placed in you since birth, then you need to be exploring those things, right? Spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. And then, and then the other thing we're seeing is that, look, the body of Christ is a, is, is a, is a whole, and we hold one piece of the puzzle in that. So if you're looking at the way God, what God's will is for you in an in a, in a individual, independent sense, if, you're, if, it's, if that thought in your, in your mind is independent of the church, then that doesn't work either. Because you hold one piece of the puzzle, and we all fit together as the body of Christ. And so my gift will, um, uh, will help your gift, and, 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 and vice versa, right? My gift accentuates your gift, right? My gift builds up your gift, and your gift builds up my gift, and, and the body of Christ is built that way. So we're intertwined here. It's not just my gift over here, and I'm over here trying to find out God's will for my life. We are doing this together as the body of Christ, amen, right? So often what we want God to do is we want God to reveal the tiny details. God, just give me the details. God, I'm dying over here. Give me the details. I need to know which way to move and where to go and what to do. I need to, get, I need to know what school I need to go to, God. I need to, know, I need to know if this is right for me. I need to know if, this, this, if I should even go to this job interview because I, I don't know if this is what you want me to do. I need, I need to, and we, what we do is we wring our hands over the details. Listen. We wring our hands over the details. Over the details. But what we need most from God is not for him to reveal the details. What we need most from God, listen to me, is for him to reveal himself. What we need most, you guys, in our lives, especially if we're hunting down and chasing after God's purpose for our life, what we need most is for him to reveal himself. That's what we need most. James 4, 8 says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Proximity determines your purpose. There is no way around it. Closeness to God or lack thereof will determine your life. For better, for worse, ups and downs, closeness to God is not, there is no shortcut to that. It's getting up every day and laying your life on an altar and saying, God, it's your day. God, my words are your words. God, my actions are your actions. Every place I go, every word I say, every thought I think, they are yours. That's not easy to do. It's just a good reminder today.
And I hope you take it that way. So how do we discern and decipher the will of God for our lives? Well, I think there's three practical ways in Scripture. All right, let's, I want to I uh, share these with you. And you can write them down, and uh, you can go back and watch this later on. The first way is the way. It's the foundation of everything. God reveals His work, His calling, His purpose in our lives through His Word. There is no other way. There is no other way. How do we know God? How do we get to know God in His character? How do we understand fully that God loves me? How do we know that? Well, someone might say that to you, but it'll hit home with you, and the rubber meets the road here. The Word of God, it is living and active. Closeness to God. Closeness to God. There is no other way to get close to God but through his word. And, and coupled with that, married with that, is prayer, right? They are, they are right there together, and, and both are equal in this. They're together. God reveals himself and his plan for you through his word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. There is no shortcut. There's no, there's no, there's no easy way. The, the road to closeness to God and figuring out his purpose for you is not easy. There's no shortcut. What you do in private fuels what you do, you end up doing in public. In the stillness of a morning or an evening where you're trying to find something to occupy your time and you're on your phone or you're watching TV, put that phone away, shut that TV off, Put the lid of the laptop down and get close to God. Get close to God. Draw up close to Father God and let him draw near to you. Watch what happens when that happens. Watch what happens in your life when you draw near to God. The way I like to do it is I like to put on some worship music. And it's no, no, no surprise there. And open my Bible and and I don't randomly open it. I, I, I want to go in there with a plan. A Bible plan or a devotion or something. I need some direction, right? I'm, you're like me. I need some direction. I can't just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I can't just flip a page and go, oh, I need some direction in that. And let God speak to me. So he reveals himself through his word. Number two, he reveals himself through people. Through people. Oftentimes, God will reveal his work and his purpose for us through the encouragement and wisdom of others. Right? Now, it depends on who you're listening to. Not every voice in your life is a wise one. Choose them wisely. Choose those voices in your life wisely. They'll determine your life. And there are, godly, are there godly people speaking in your life right this moment? And if you can't name one, it's time to hunt one down. And, I, and preferably someone who's a little older and wiser than you. At least a little wiser. Sorry, I thought my battery went dead. And let them pour into you. Let them speak life into you. I, I can remember as a, as a, as a young kid, um, I had a choir director, and she's now gone to be with the Lord in heaven. But she was a choir director for the whole church. And I can remember her, and I was in children's choir and things like that. But I hated singing, y'all. I hated it. I hated it. I would move my mouth. like probably with a snarl 
The last thing I wanted to be doing was on any kind of stage singing the irony. And this lady that I love so much and, and I'll always be thankful for, she kept saying, you know, you ought to sing. I'm like, lady, have you heard me? I'm not a singer. I'm not a singer. And I, wanted to, I, and I wasn't rude. I was like, okay, okay. To this day, I'm convinced that God told her something that he wasn't telling me at the time. And that's really important. It's like our parents. You guys, if y'all are blessed enough to have godly parents, they're speaking things into your life. Listen, listen. Thank God for her persistence. There are two things that I, I told God I'd never do. One is be on a stage doing anything, and the other is working with kids. God's like, ha I got you. And the other story I want to share is, is my high school math teacher, Mr. Jim Allison. And Mr. Allison is going home to be with the Lord as well. He taught me math my four years of high school. Dear friend of mine. And uh, he watched the transformation happen in my life over the course of my high school years. Particularly my junior and senior year. And he called me the summer after I graduated high school. And he said, Justin, how you doing? I said, good, good, Mr. Allison, how are you doing? It's strange, my high school math teacher's calling me. What, did I not do something? Did I, did I not graduate? Did I, do I have to go back and take a summer class? <laughs> What's going on? He said, well, we've got a youth pastor position open, summer youth worker at my church, and I thought you'd be interested. I was like, you thought I'd be interested. He said, well, don't answer me now, just pray about it. I'm convinced that God gave Mr. Jim Allison something to go on there, to speak that into my life. I wouldn't be standing here without him. Or Miss Patsy, who was my choir director, and she kept on me and on me and on me, like, yeah, I'm not a singer. Guy's like, joke's on you. Proximity determines pur purpose. And I happen to be in close contact with some people that love me enough to speak life into me and speak truth into my life. So God reveals himself through his word. He reveals himself through people. And lastly, he reveals himself through the needs that you see around you. You ever seen something that bothered you so much that you couldn't sleep? Did you, something had to be done. Well, that's a major indicator that God's put it on your heart to do something about it. That's a major flag there. It's a, it's a signal to get your attention that God may be calling you to something for you to meet a need that you see and God's gifted you and given you the tools to get it done but not on your own with the body of Christ as well we see in verse 13 this is played out it says when God's people are in need be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality proximity determines our purpose see I'm not here to tell you what your specific calling is this morning I, I'm certainly not equipped to do that I'm not equipped to answer the question for you, what, God, what do you want for my life? I'm not, I, I don't pretend to. I have enough to worry about with asking God that question every day of my life. But what I can do is I can point you in a direction. There is no shortcut. God reveals himself through the word. If we're not in the word, there is no way, zero chance that you will fulfill God's purpose for your life. Zero Zero, negative. 
negative. There's no way if we're not spending time in the Word. God reveals Himself through the Word. Surround yourself with some people that are godly and have wisdom about them, right? They'll speak into your life as well. And then when you see a need, something that hurts your heart, something that moves you, compels you, go after it. God has given you the tools and the gifts to get something done for the kingdom, right? Three ways. Proximity determines purpose. So how can we know God's specific calling and purpose on our lives? See, I believe we can't know God's will until we know God well. We can't know God's will until we know God well. There's no way. There's just no way. We're, we're grasping in the dark if we are not knocking on God's door every day. If we're not knocking on the door of his word and we're not asking God to, to move and to do things and, and we're asking God to, to answer prayer but we're also getting close to God by telling God how, how good he is and you should always start your prayer with telling God how good he is. Don't just, don't just throw all your stuff on God first. Tell him how good he is first. That's worship. That's worship. That's why we gather together. Telling God how good he is because he is good and then get to the request, right? Man, proximity determines purpose. So here's an action step for you, a couple action steps. As the band comes up, I want to I share these with you. Come close to God. Draw near to God. Develop a hunger for God's Word, right? It's going to be a struggle some days, isn't it? You, so, some of the uh, college guys and I talk about this all the time. Man, today was a, you know, they're pretty honest. They're pretty like, man, today was a struggle. I, I just, I, I felt like, I felt like there was a, you know, I was having to pry the word open to get in there. It's all right. It'll be like that sometimes. But it's worth it. If you get, the, if you get that cover open, it's worth it. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Number two, develop your gifts. Figure out what God has gifted you to do and do it. Figure out what God has gifted you to do specifically and do it. Don't hide that gift. Don't hide that gift. Lastly, pray this prayer. Y'all look at me. I know it's, it's kind of, yeah, there we go. That's all right, Ben, I love you. We all need a little comic relief every now and again. Look at me. Pray this prayer. I promise you, this prayer will change everything. God, what's your will for my life? Your will be done in my life. Your will be done. It's a simple prayer. We know that. We know that. It's, it's part of the, G, the prayer Jesus uh, taught us to pray, but it's so powerful because what it does, it does all the things in once. You draw near to God. You lay your life on an altar. You take what you want and you set it aside for what he wants. This is how this is the way proximity determines purpose. Mm-hmm, that's right. Can you say proximity determines purpose? Stranger danger. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your word. We're thank you for the, thankful for the truth in it. God, I pray that you would take the simple reminder to draw near to you and burden our hearts with it, God.
Help us to not be able to put our head on the pillow tonight until we've drawn near to you. God, we may not even know where to start in that. We don't know what book of the Bible to start in. God, I pray that we, there's someone in our lives that can help us there, that we would text them, call them, let them pour their lives into ours. And as we worship God, this is an opportunity to respond. We're going to sing a song in a minute. Gracie's going to sing a song that brings this all together so, so well. In the stillness, in the quiet of a morning or an evening, that's when the good stuff happens. That's when we can set aside all the noise and focus on you. That's when you speak to us with the most with the most clarity and the loudest voice because nothing else is drowning your voice out, Jesus. We love you. God, we're asking that you would do a work in us, God. Can't be undone by culture, politics, the world that we live in, that we worship you with all that we've got, that you would change us by changing the way we think. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.